Welcome back, Rage Nation. Got myself Pete here. That's yeah. not really exciting. You got Senior Dixon. I don't think that's appropriate. And you got Monsieur Leopard. Explorers deserved it. No. Absolutely. I was disgusted. I cannot believe they've done this. Why is wacky? Why is that good? It's just nonsense. I disagree on that. That's not possible. <laughs> We're getting the band back together. We're on a mission. Yeah. Now, now we've got a whole new list of things to complain about. Welcome back, Rage Nation. We are at it again. Got myself, Pete, here. And we are going back on the pitch. We are doing another Guild Ball episode. Trying to do at least one, maybe two Guild Ball episodes a month, depending on how much content we can crank out with that. But... Today, we're actually going to talk about something that a lot of people got excited about before um, even the game kind of went south. And we're going to talk about lamplighters because the Guild Ball community project actually cooked up some rules and baked some models. And I don't know a lot about them because they're alchemist kind of based and that's not my play style. So I got Michael on here to talk to me about uh, about the lamplighters. So how are you doing, Michael? I'm doing actually really great. I just finished a game on Basel with, you know, um, with Phil from France. So my morning has been Guild Ball and now more Guild Ball. <laughs> what did um, you, uh, what'd you play in that game? So that was, um, that was Corbelli Masons into Steel Jaw Hunters. Oof. So, um, so is Steel Jaw as rough as people are saying she is? I haven't seen, played her since kind of coming back to this. So I don't know if she is. I, I mean, like, uh, when Steel John was released, one of my locals, Ghost Deer, Nate, uh, Nate Horn, was at the time one of the number one rated Hunters players in the world. And he, the way he piloted Steel Jaw was just an absolute brutal, <laughs> brutal. Like it was like he was he was also saying like like Steel Jaw should not exist, but Steel Jaw does exist and everyone should just know learn how to like play play better but um and then you know steel jaw sort of existed for a little bit and then i think it was like in the first or second community probably the first uh, community update where they were like all right one thing we need to change is her bait uh character play because it was it was six inches around her targeting any models and she didn't have to roll to cast because yeah. it was target self. Yeah. 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 They, they changed it to you, you place an AOE sort of like farmers and then you mm. put traps in within that AOE. Okay. And then you roll to hit, uh, roll to hit models. And if the models hit, it suffers a push. Okay. Um, so it, she got toned down slightly, but it's like, you know, but still, oh, like, the, people who are, the, the people who are still playing her are like the good players. So, you know, it's still, it's a little bit more manageable. Um, pers- like personally, um, I think one thing they should do is at the start of deployment, choose one effect for the traps and then keep that for the rest of the game. Because currently she gives out weak point and snare. It's pretty good. For every, <laughs> yeah. Or sorry, weak point and um, bleed. So Still pretty was, good. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, hey, you take a damage, you take snare, which is a defense debuff, 
and you get weak point in case you had armor, which is another debuff. And so, you know, you've taken minus two to your defense stats. And also, if you don't have enough momentum or a way to clear uh, conditions, you're going to get bleed for three damage at the end of the turn. So what has it been like for you? Because I think you've been playing pretty much even before Steamforged re-announced that the game was, you know, the models were being put back out there for the community. So kind of give me an idea from somebody who's been playing Guild Ball, at least here and there, how kind of like things dramatically changed once Steamforged kind of made that announcement. In my Guild Ball journey, I was doing 30 consecutive Brewers games. And (laughs) I was like on... Because uh, that was, you know, the badges on Longshanks at the time. Oh, yeah. So, and I was on like game four, uh, game four of Brewers when they, when Steam Four, when the Pandini started in back in March 2020. And at the time, and that's when I started actually learning how to play on Basil and sit and like my experience in terms of like what people do play on Basil, they, they do play a lot more of these sort of mechanical guilds of like, you know, where it's like I can be measuring out the individual steps and be like, all right, I know, I know for sure my exact distance for, for everything. So I, so I've been, so it seems to me like the people that I played against were like very much sort of like, you know, I'm going to be going for more, 3-0 3-0 or 2-2 play styles, yeah. even, if, even if my guild, you know, might be struggling to get one of those selections. But it's like, it just so happens that because, you know, we're now, okay, I measure everything out and I can, and I can know perfectly, like, what my threat distance is, what my, every interaction I do, every result I make can be like, I'm going to dodge exactly one inch and then exactly two inches. And now I'm in the goal threat. Yeah. Um, where it's like, you know, you, you, you kind of might be doing some gimmies uh, if you were playing in real life. Yeah. And I, I just, I've talked to a few people that since Steamforge made the announcement of like, Hey, we're going to print this stuff off. I know I specifically, I think the discord for the guild ball community has been a lot more active and even just people asking me about the game that I just know through other things have been very, very excited that the game is kind of at least being somewhat supported so they can get. And plus, people that have been playing have loved it because now they can actually get models that they've been struggling to find off the Internet. Oh, yeah. Um, there's there's a joke in in my community. Um, uh, like I, I try to I try to be. Um, in, in my community, so San Francisco, mm-hmm. I tried to be like, hey, I, I found, you know, cool stuff. And but at that time, everyone already had everything yeah. and like you know, already had all their toys and widgets that they liked. And when I started traveling to like um, Wisconsin, particularly and um, Southern California, you know, Orange County, um, where Octave and, and his crew is, um, I started being like, oh, you guys don't like you guys might have all the models but like you guys are all like well we kind of just like you know the extra gubbins that we like and so i i like i i don't want to reveal how much i spent but i i spent all over two and a half thousand dollars over two and a half years 
over over two years of being like i'm getting you know custom acrylic stuff printed and yeah. cut and you know mdf like paint holders and and stuff to just be like hey swag um yeah and, and I then think that's uh that's definitely something that was i can't imagine how much harder it was when you know guild balls not being supported but uh you know now I'm hoping that now that they got that going and they see people, the, the amount of people that are going to hopefully buy this stuff that they're pr- able to print, I'm hoping that'll let them, you know, maybe put some of that licensing back out so we can get more like widgets and stuff to keep the game kind of growing. Oh yeah. No, I, I, I really loved cause when I, when I first started playing it, like I would spend a lot of time, you know, sort of just trying to burn time at work being yeah. like searching up, like, you know, people who would do custom stuff, uh, just for like war games and be like, oh hey, can like could this be like a guild ball thing? Could be like, yep. I it, it got to the <coughs> it got to the point where I reached out to someone um, someone in Canada and I had him made over two and a half thousand or no no not thousand that's too much that's a that's an order <laughs> of magnitude wrong uh, two hundred fifty um custom ball tokens that out of uh, that were that he sculpted um and that that costs a pretty penny but and like unfortunately like as soon as he messaged me saying that they're done and he's and they're finishing curing um and i paid and i did the final payment that was march 15th 2020 so yeah. like like the day before national lockdown started yeah and so and- i was I was so crushed because <laughs> I because there was a local there was a lo, there was a local convention called uh, Kublacon that was going to be Never held uh, that was going to be held I think like in two weeks after that and it was like and I and I like you know messaged you know the coordinators and I was like you know hey I want to be doing three guild ball events at this thing and this was going to be you know part of the swag swag bags that I would give out. Um, and I just got so crushed. I was just like, yeah. oh, all my hard work. Yeah, Spring Fling got canceled that year. And the the cool thing about it, and kind of Nick Westbrook, my buddy from Texas, we were at Captain Con and I actually gave him a demo just using Malifaux models. I was like, all right, we're going to use Malifaux models. This will be, you know, the Brewers, that'll be that. And it was just <laughs> nice to be able to point to, be like, yeah, you can go find like a deal on eBay or something, but you can print. And I actually, I don't know about you, but I thought the print on demand prices are actually pretty reasonable for a six you know, person crew. A six person crew, or you get the three model bench, which is, I think converted was about $16, which yeah. is like, it's almost the price of like a single metal blister when they were, you know, yeah, being, yeah, when, when they were being sold that way. Yeah. Yeah, or, or like, you know, or, fun, or like when they were doing, you know, third captain blisters and free city draft blisters, um, in, in resin, like, I think those were about 14, $15. Yeah. And I mean, I was able to get the entire engineers like guild and the minor guild for, I think I only spent like 160 bucks for all that. So I felt pretty great about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we are going to go ahead and get into these lamp lighters. So I know Alchemist players kind of, even before the community, you know, decided to build this up, this was kind of like the almost like, you know, secret everybody knew about. Everybody knew that sometime lamplighters were going to be a thing because they were in the lore. I think one of the devs talked about how they really liked the idea of it. So um, just kind of 
the background, like what is the idea of this guild? How do they kind of operate on the pitch, generally speaking? So I also just want to like specifically say like I, the community project, they did a Kickstarter for mm-hmm. the physical sculpts and art design for this guild. And I, I did, I was a backer on that. So I, I want to say, I want to say that first um, uh, to make, to make sure people know. Um, and the models look great. I actually had a friend print them off for me and they look really cool, especially the ladder dude. That dude's yep. awesome. Yeah. Um, I think I, I showed you on, on like our personal yeah. chat where, where I is, I was like, well, I magnetized the face of his lamp. So his smoke can be, you know, put on, put off it, yeah. when I carry him in, in, in my phone bag. Yep. Um, yeah. So the alchemists are at, at heart. They're a three O guild. They have like two of the best, um, sort of striker models of just like grab the ball, go, go score a goal. Um, they can go two, two. It's historically for me, possibly it's a skill issue. Most definitely it's a skill issue. I've really struggled doing the two, two. Um, but if you're, if you're in the, um, if you're in the guild ball, uh, discord, uh, and you search up the biggest bomb, uh, that, that that's my crowning achievement, um, <laughs> which was um, I did enough damage with one of these uh, with phosphor that I caused one two three I caused four models to explode from damage nice. where one model died it caused three damage AOE burst like flask like flask does in original uh, uh, alchemist that caused another model to die. That model exploded and caused three damage, which caused one of my models to die and cause another three damage. So it was a grand total of four takeouts, but almost 12, 12 points of damage was via people dying and then exploding. Yeah, and I played them yesterday just to kind of get a feel for them. And I will say I almost got a 2-2 game. My opponent was... A- the problem is I feel like they are a little squishy, so you don't have the attrition to try and like, you know, mash it out in the middle. And I was playing against Devana or, and you know, her Falconer crap. So the Harriers were just blowing up models and basically the Falconers got to two, two before I could, I was pretty close, but just didn't quite have the attrition for it. Yeah. For me, the, the, their, their failure or not failure, but their difficulty in going two two is not their sort of defensive squishiness. It's more of like, a lot of it, unfortunately, is on Beacon, the latter dude. Um, yeah. He's he's difficult to work with. I'm I'm not gonna lie. Like it it took me months of uh, trying to figure out how to play him because yeah. he's he's hard. Well, and I find um, I find that kind of the guild has this theme of playing with the burning condition, so you get kind of like these benefits from being burning. And you can also remove yep. the burning to get other benefits. So it's kind of like this juggling thing of like, okay, I want to be on fire, but it also reduces my move. So I don't want to be on fire that long. So yeah. it's kind of a trick, right? Like you got to balance. Yeah. And then also like, you know, one of the fundamental rules of Guild Ball is, you know, if you clear conditions with momentum, uh, it clears all the conditions. Yeah. So you can't be like, I'm, you know, I'm snared and on fire. And I, you know, and, 
and I'm also poisoned just, you know, just for the heck of it because, you know, I'm playing against someone. Um, and it's like, I only want to clear the snare condition, but if I spend momentum, I clear all my conditions and then my bonuses from being on fire turn off. So then I either have to spend an influence to set myself again on fire, which means that I've, you know, not done the three, the three actions that I wanted. Yep. Yeah. And that's kind of the thing that I saw and you do have some cool kind of pieces that want to punch, but I feel like they're also just really good at striking. So I think you could bring some pieces to really make this where you can just slap three goals in pretty quick. Yep. With, um, with Wick and Nightlight, it's, it's Wick, especially Wick is like one of the fastest models in the game and can, can go dig up the ball and then take a shot, take a shot immediately. Um, at like 10 inches. It's, it's great. Yeah. And I did find a cute little combo where I was like, I'm going to go with wick. I'm going to put out, uh, beacons fire that way he can go ahead and do a four inch dodge. And then I'm going to go up and tackle the ball and, and then beacons there to able, able like follow up after it. So that was kind of pretty cool. I I did like that little combo. Yep. So look, let's go ahead and kind of get started with the captain with nightlight. So Mm -hmm. I do see like a four, eight kick. It also looks like, so it's almost like she's a striker, but so, also like a support master. So like the, the closest comparison, like in, in terms of like, you know, stuff that was, you know, official uh, Steamforge Guild Ball is like, I think Nightlight is almost like Honor and almost like Midas. Yeah. Where, you know, you, you, you kind of have, you know, the, the back to black where, you remove a burning condition from a friendly model and they make a four inch dodge. So that's kind of sort of like honor and Midas doing lure of gold or um, quick time. You've got uh, lens flare where it increases um, target numbers for, um, for kicks uh, or sorry, it makes it so that you can't go above kick or above tack. Um, so that's kind of sort of like, you know, doing like an honor crowd out style where it's like, okay, well, I have, you know, I was, I started in my auras, I took damage and now, oh, hey, granite came up and now is now supporting and, you know, giving you benefits. So lens flare is actually a, a really good tech piece to be sort of like, you know, making sure that the the output models of your opponent's guild are either going to be not able to wrap as much or if they or you know if it's a model where it's like they're holding the ball and they were behind the opponent's you know team it's like if you go for a goal run you're like i might not be able to give you any penalties but you're not going to do any be able to do anything to sort of like make sure that you succeed with like bonus times and and so does that prevent you from getting like gang ups as well so so the the wording on the text is if you go down, if you go down in tack or down in kick, mm-hmm. you can always go up. You can't go over. Okay. So, so like if you're if you're a four eight kick and you are engaged by a model and you're making a shot and making a pass, you're gonna lose a die because you're engaged. So you're a three eight. But if you bonus time it, you go up to four eight. But you can't go to five eight if you know if you have a special like thing, super shot like, or something like that, like super shot or anything else. So yeah, you can never go above your printed 
Okay. Stat. All right, that makes sense. Yeah, because there are a lot of abilities that start adding like, you know, plus one, plus two, plus three dice just off of different abilities. So that yeah. that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it, it doesn't it doesn't reduce your kick distance. It just re- reduces your kick dice. Okay. Um, that's also a thing. Um, and then also, you know, one of the one of the uh, abilities that Nightlight has is specifically the Relight the Fire, where you target a model, a friendly model in six inches, and then three inch pulse from that model. All uh, all models uh, suffer uh, burning. So it's like you you can target yourself and then everyone else is burning around you, friendly or not friendly. And that's when you start turning on your your lamplighter abilities. Yeah, and I definitely like she wants to be on fire because that turns on her uh what is it, the blinded by the light ability. So yes. reducing tack. And then she also just for whatever reason just makes it where it's like, oh, if one of your friendlies dies, they just blow up and do three damage to people. Sounds like a good time. Yep. So yes, so nightlight, you know, single, uh, you know, sing, a one inch captain, tack six, six eight movement. So it's almost like a Midas, and you know, you've got you've got the double dot, you've got the dodge on one, the double dodge on three. So you're probably going to you know sort of, you know, walk up, bounce off someone, and then if spend an influence, set yourself on fire, take your fi- burning condition off with. Um, back to black, do a four inch dodge and oh, hey, you got a, you got a goal kick. So is she, cause I, I could see it going both ways. I don't know if you would want to kick off with nightlight or do it with wick, but I could see you doing it with both. I don't know who's, who the better threat is on the ball. In, in my games, I was doing it with wick um, because I would be having nightlight in the back being like, put the burning condition on someone, shoot them forward, and then, you know, set up for turn two. Sure. Um, So what's an activation with Nightlight generally look like? I mean, is she primarily just like, let's put out fire and let's go hunt the ball? Is that kind of what she's doing? Yes. Um, With, uh, you know, one damage, one uh, momentous one damage on two and momentous two damage on four, not um, doing a lot of damage. <laughs> not like not not going to do a lot of damage by herself. Like you know, she definitely does need does need help with that. Um, but it's like going going after like you know a a four one or a five zero model like and just being like I'm going to I'm just gonna you know try to be stripping the ball off you or I'm just gonna be keeping pace with you and just be engaging you so that you need to you need to be spending your abilities to disengage and move the ball around that's mostly that's most likely what's going to be her um she does have a knockdown on the top of her book um but it's that the, that's a pipe dream like yeah. don't don't be don't, don't be trying to shoot. no i kind of like i i'm looking at her playbook which i kind of like how dodgy she is i'm a mm-hmm. little surprised she doesn't have like a tackle dodge or something on there even later in the playbook like especially I, if she's trying to snatch the ball off, I think they did it. They didn't give her a tackle dodge um, because, because of back to black. Because back to black. Okay. Because it can be you know she can do it on herself. She can do it on any on a friendly model. Um. So I think I think they did it. I think they did it in order to like prevent her being <laughs> Agree, too overpowering. Egregious, yeah. 
yeah. just egregiously just taking the ball and dipping out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, you know, also, uh, I, when she was released, we've had, we had one community errata update. So I think, so everyone, you know, trusted the community project to be like, okay, they know if there's, if there was a model already in the game, they know what are acceptable tweaks to a model. But yeah. this was sort of like, you know, hey, we are creating a model wholeheartedly like this. This model has not existed in any form in Guild Ball. You know, we need to start somewhere, but we shouldn't start something egregious. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's always easy to kind of like bump things up if you need to. Um, but obviously, if something's too overpowered, you know, it's out there in the then wild. You don't know you where, to, where to tone it down. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So uh, last thing I kind of want to talk about her before we start looking at the mascot and squaddies is like looking at her legendary play. She pulses out, basically gets put on the burning condition and also does three damage to enemy models. So, I mean, is there kind of like a general time you like using that or is there some, you know, sick opportunities that you can really find with Nightlight to, to really benefit from that? Usually what I what I've done is... Um you have like one or two models scrumming somewhere and it's like, and they, you know, have to be pulling off their conditions for healing or any sort of special abilities. And yeah. it's like, it's the middle of my nightlight activation. Um, then I pop the legendary so that, Oh, Hey, on you, on my opponent's turn, I have more bonuses and I might, I might've, you know, done the incidental three damage in order to be like, okay, you, you either need to spend your momentum to prevent someone from being taken out on a counterattack or do something else. Um, so it's like, you know, your first action is not going is not going to be as safe. Yeah, I think in the game I played, I, I used it to kind of finish off a model, put some burning out and just kind of go from there. Yeah. And so so like what I've also done is like, you know, in the middle of Nightlight's activation, you know, did some attacks, did some dodging. Um but didn't do any movement, burn the, uh, pop the legendary, put the burning, take off your burning, do your four inch dodge, and then, you know, go shoot on goal. Yeah, I can definitely see that. It's just, I mean, four, eight kicks, just really good. So, I mean, you just generally speaking for people who are kind of newer to guild ball, cause I know there's a bunch of people coming over from like Malifaux, different games that are now interested in guild ball. Anytime you see like a four, eight kick, that's generally what you want to be doing with that uh, with that player. I mean, if they have a bunch of dodges, they have a four eight kick. You kind of just want to go go in swinging with them, try to get the ball, score you a goal. So, I think that's definitely what Nightlight wants to be doing. I think the damage, while it is cool, the damage might be kind of like sidetracking you from what she wants to do. So, I I am also kind of surprised that it is momentous damage on her playbook. Because usually you don't see that with strikers. Uh, the community project made it so that they had that nightlight had the momentous damage because because you're going to be doing you know burning conditions and if you don't control that correctly you know you're gonna burn yourself out with damage at the end of the turn. So I think they gave them momentous damage to make sure that you know you can consistently keep yourself topped with yeah. healing. Um. So I, I think that's why they that that's why they do uh, gave it momentous damage. Next, we have kind of her mascot with soot. It's a little owl that, I mean, 
it, it it's nothing to really write home about when you first look at it, but it's actually a really fast mascot and it has I spy, so you can add plus two tack to attacking a model. And it can give itself plus two plus two, so it becomes a casual like seven eleven when it's flying around the board. Um, so it, it's actually even better than that. It's a it's an additional jog. It's an additional jog with plus two plus two movement. Yeah, that's pretty ridiculous fast. <laughs> so you so you know with with uh, with one influence, you know you go seven inches and then an additional five inches threatening one so you go uh set, you you almost go for uh, 13 inches 13 so inches you, so you, do you make the jog before the plus two plus two comes into effect so so uh, no the the jog is the one that gets plus two plus two movement your regular movement doesn't get the bonus okay still a really fast model though <laughs> Yeah, I think Icarus has this ability or this uh, character play as well. Yep, I- Icarus. Icarus also has this uh, play. Did, did get a, a glow up because uh, there was a there was a they had they were trying this ability where um, any once per turn when an enemy declared a kick, um, this model would jog towards that model, um, and then. Uh, or like when when the opposing player places a ball marker um, after you know all active all act, after the current activation or action that placed that ball marker, this model would jog towards that ball. Sort of like wow. um, in season three, Snow had yeah. an ability called O Ball yep. or Hay Ball, um, but it there there was some rule clashing with, in terms of like oh hey during a kickoff or during a yeah. Uh, during a kickoff, like, does this model, you know, do this extra action? And so they just decided to, like, take it out. And they were like, yeah, it, it's not the best for for this card. Yeah, and I also like on Soot having its I Spy, you know, ability on the first column of the playbook. That's really good because you can mm-hmm. kind of just, you know, charge on in there, even just take a random attack and try to get plus two tack on a model. Yep. Um, and then, and then also Soot has test subject like um, Nausea and uh, someone else in Alchemist. Uh, cru- not not Crucible. Um, no, yes, Crucible and uh, Calculus, where they pull any condition, or sorry, they pull Burning or Poison, yep, and make a free character play or attack. So it's like you can, uh, if you load up Soot with one influence on your turn. Um, you know, starting your turn, you're probably next to any one of your friendlies. So pull the burning to bank a character play, spend your one influence, do your seven inch taking flight, walk your five inches and Hey, I'm now, I, Hey, you're, you're within six inches. I'm going to ice by you for free. Yeah. So that's, that's a very typical play pattern that I, that I would, that I was using uh, with soot. Yeah. It seems like soot's kind of, good for being like, oops, I forgot to take this condition off my model. Let me go ahead and clear that real quick to mm-hmm. then get a free character play. So I, I yeah. like that because that kind of helps clean up some of maybe the uh, the clumsiness of like lighting and unlighting yourself. Yeah. And and thankfully, you know, they made it so that it's burning or poison. So that yeah. way, you know, you don't have to use momentum to clear your poison, which also takes gets rid of your burning again, you know, the condition management 
uh, on your team. Because yeah, a newer player, you might end up taking three damage if you forget to clear off certain conditions on your own models. Yep. Yeah, that you take one damage, one damage for burning, two damage for poison yeah. at the end of the turn. Yep. That gets a little dicey. <laughs> Um, so the next model that I kind of want to look at is heat. So I, he was kind of a weird model for me. I didn't know necessarily how to play this model. Um, like I see I'm open. So I'm like, okay, maybe I want to use this to kind of get the kick game going. She has a three, eight, so she's decent, but she's also pretty squishy being like a four O and she mm-hmm. caps influence at three. So you can't give her four. So I was just wanting to get kind of your thoughts on her and kind of how you've seen her used and how you've used her. So heat I've used in sort of in teams that kind of do middle like single instance middle damage to to top damage because um because with afterglow you know if you what you would do is like oh the model the model gets uh, your model gets hit you it takes some damage maybe like you know because they you know, didn't set it up per, uh, correctly uh, for the first attack. You know, you only did, you only had like three damage taken. And then on the next attack, it's like, oh, but, you know, everything else was set up now and I'm not, you know, suffering any bonuses, penalties or bonuses. And now my attack is better. I'm attacking, I'm attacking your model. Let's say I'm attacking in, into Beacon. Beacon is like, okay, well, I've already taken that damage. I'm going to declare a ca- declare a counter heal up two and then just be like i'm now withering this attack so you need a like you know so that's any anytime you spend momentum that model can also heal two if they're within six of her yes okay but heat needs to be on fire so okay. heat needs to be on fire and if you spend a momentum inside six inches of her then you get two health heat did seem like the model that you always want to keep on fire. Cause that always keeps, you know, pre- unpredictable movement alive on her. Um, uh, no, no, no. Uh, oh, it's when she's not she's suffering. Not, oh, if okay. she's not on fire, she is unpredictable. If Got she it. is on fire, she gets healing aura. Yeah. See, this is kind of like the light, the lit unlit mechanic where I'm just like, man, you really have to get some reps in to kind of understand the balance of like when you need it to be each one. Yeah. Um, when I was first starting out with Lamplighters, and I think for like my first 30 games, like at least 30 games, I Heat was on the bench like the entire time. Yeah, um, she seems a little tricky to get first off. Yeah. I think I think the first time I played her was into Fillet Butchers because, um, because it's like, you know, because the damage was like slow enough that you know i i would be able to like be like okay heal now to not get the takeout or heal now to not get the bleed yeah. and and all and all those effects so um and i think i also played her into theron hunters yeah some of that slow bleed type of crew yep gotcha um but he like his like very much so he is a very difficult model for me and like more often than not if if i'm not you know sure on on like you know how would i even do this into my opponent's guild i'm just like i'm not i'm not gonna i'm not gonna try to expect like do the processing power and just be like no he just goes on the bench 
Um, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, into also into Smoke Alchemist, I think um, Heat would be a good would be a good model. Um, very very much so. Sort of like if you're able to, if the damage is being spread out a lot, but it's like sort of like tick damage. Yeah, Heat Heat is actually probably when you want to be putting in. Um, well, and going against, you know, like you were saying, Alchemist, specifically Smoke, who puts out like a lot of burning end poison, having more models that can be like, yeah, I'm going to remove this poison off me to get an extra effect. Definitely, definitely is good. She, yeah, she's one that I think the next time I try Lamplighter, she might not make the uh, make the cut just because I was, like I said, I think new with uh, with Lamplighter, she's a little, a little tough to kind of get a handle on early on. Yeah, it's, and like her playbook is also very much sort of like really weird because it's like <laughs> I'm she's like, what am I doing with this playbook, man? <laughs> you know, tack five and then push on one, non-momentous push dodge on two, double push on three, and it's like you know very much so like okay, you 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 do you do heat things, but also you're gonna do your own things. Like yeah. it's very much sort of like. You you need a like pre-plan with heat. Yeah, and one model that I did like that I was playing though, Phosphor. I had a I had a ton of fun with Phosphor. This dude putting out the AOE to do uh, condition damage, uh, especially with since that's only on two two results. Fulcrum mm-hmm. that seemed pretty good too. Poise is never bad, and yeah, just able to also just reduce tack and uh, and movement. Pretty yeah. good. I like Phosphor a lot. Yeah, phosphor. Phosphor is like I think a mandatory pick in out in uh, in lamplighters. Um, like that is that is going to be your damage. Like that is going to be your damage output. Um, the flashpoint is hard because he needs to be on fire himself. Yeah, and he needs to take he, he takes off the fire to to do the the pulse. Um, so like. If he's not on fire and it's like, I've done my, I have one action left and, but I'm engaging a model that is, uh, I'm engaging a model that is now going to be hitting me back. Um, you, you might have to hit that model alchemical bomb and place it so that it targets yourself yeah. in order. And then you, you know, you take your two damage, you get your burning poison, uh, you spend one momentum to heal yourself up. And then you also burn, take off your burning condition to now do your your uh, your flashpoint. So you know you might have sacrificed two damage on you know a mar- model further away because this is placing an AOE yeah. in order to make sure you target yourself. Yeah, and when you get so you get alchemical bomb on the playbook result. So if mm-hmm. I hit it on the playbook and place it over, let's say two or three models. Do I then have to roll to see if it hits each one or does it just hit them because no. I got it on the playbook? It, it hits them all because you got it off the playbook. Okay. Yeah. Because I know um, there are some things where it's like if I pay the cost to do it, then I have to roll to see if I hit each model. Yes. Um, but because this is tied to the playbook, gotcha. if you get the playbook results, it automatically... You've already it. rolled it essentially? Yes, you already did. Um one thing to note, um, especially for newer folks, um, because this doesn't target, it doesn't get around uh, resilience. 
So it doesn't pop resilience. Yeah. They're still going to take the damage and the conditions for resilience, but it doesn't pop resilience. Which can be good because there's sometimes where it's like, yeah, I just want to do damage to Fangduth. <laughs> yeah. All right. And and I mean, that's that's kind of like, I think that's kind of his sauce, right? I think he wants to yeah. put that alchemical bomb out as much as he can and then Flashpoint just to help make it harder to come back into your team. Yep. Uh, if you can get, if you can have Soot do put the Eye Spy on someone and get at least one more crowd out from possibly Beacon, possibly Wick, uh, Nightlight, um, and you can be like, all right, I'm TAC 5 going up to TAC 7, uh, TAC 8 even, and being like, I'm going to be hitting the Alchemical Bomb twice, twice per attack. Like, that's really what you want to be trying to search for because that's that's your biggest damage. I the, but I'm just looking at it, and this is why I don't I don't think you can play like the two two game very well because I mean looking at the health pools of the models, I mean we have like a fourteen, another fourteen phosphorus thirteen hit points. So I mean, yeah, you got some high defenses, but man, there's not a lot of boxes in this crew until we get to of course vegan. Yeah. So. Any anything else? I don't know how. How do you feel about clum? Is it clumsy? Is that what that ability is? Character clumsy, yeah. uh, clumsy. It does it does help um, because it's sort of like Mercury. It's Mercury and Calculus Aura, where it's like you enter and you get burning and po- poison. Like if they want to attack Phosphor, like they're gonna they're gonna go get effects, and then because you know your other models are like, hey, pull pull fire from any model in four inches um pull fire pull pull poison it's like cool like you walking into phosphor turns on some of my abilities to do it to do a thing afterwards the next two models are probably my two favorite out of just the lamplighter's core and beacon's easily my favorite he seems like a souped up tater uh just having mow down on possibly three inch reach just seems really good I have a love hate relationship with Beacon. Like <laughs> he, like he is on paper, he can do so much. But like after, jeez, uh, I don't even want to count how many games I I had um, with him. But like it's over seventy. It's over. It's over seventy five games I've had yeah. with Lamplighters. Um, Beacon is just like he doesn't do so much for me. Again, it could be just skill error. Like, you know, hey, stupid, you're playing him wrong. But but it's just like, you know, he's like, he's 6'8". If he's on fire, he's, you know, he's 4'6". Like, and he doesn't have his 3-inch reach. Yeah. And it's like, you know, like, if he's not on fire, he has his 3-inch reach, but he's tax 6. And it's like, yes, he has a knockdown on 2, but then his damage start, his momentous damage is on 3, and then he doesn't get damage until six, the top of his playbook. And yeah. Like, and when I was playing him, I kind of went in, like I did this, I did a pretty sick mow down. I think I knocked down like four models. So, I mean, that felt really good, but I, I quickly realized that he's not really a damage dealer. Cause like you said, you don't start seeing spiky damage till the last column. So once I figured out that it's like, oh, I'm not really a damage dealer. I'm kind of setting up and stuff. I then went yeah. over and stole the ball off of, off whatever the the um, the Eagles' name is in the Falconers, and kicked a goal in with Beacon. So I, I just 
it, it's kind of weird because it's like a setup piece, but you don't have. I feel yeah, like the crew doesn't setup, have a lot of piece. As a setup piece, he's amazing. Yeah, like he he's he's great. But like if you're if it's you know if it's the last two activations and it's like you need you need someone you know dead off the, dead on the pitch, uh, be, it you, beacon it, it needs to be Christmas time for Beacon to actually pull it off. Um, yeah, because it's like you know he's a two four influence. Like hopefully everyone sort of like you know rushed into you and you don't have to sprint. So you you start his activation. You spend one to set himself on fire. You walk your four inches with your two inch reach. You hit someone. You know they might have a good counterattack or you know do or have other shenanigans. So you need to hit the knockdown, mm-hmm. and then you need to do damage. Um, you're probably going to do one damage. You're probably going to do two damage. Okay, hey, now you got uh, now they're on fire. That means they also lost one armor. And but you've already used up two influence, and now you're, uh, now you're trying to hit that that top damage on on his playbook. So you're only you only have two influence left in order to you know do your maximum of six damage, and you yeah. know, hope fingers crossed you wrap at that point. Yeah, and then I mean, once he kind of because you know I got in there, I set up, I got a goal, but then after that, he just became a victim and just got knocked down, and then. You know, being a two-one on the ground, your hitboxes tend to go away very quickly. I mean, he does. He does have his his really cool effect where, um, at the end of his turn, he removes burning condition from himself and yeah. dodges four inches. Like that's a, like I've used that a few times in order to be like, hey, I've walked forward, mow down everyone, did like one damage searing strike on someone, one damage searing strike on another person, and then set myself uh set someone else on fire which set me on fire and then end of my turn i take off fire back away yep. um so you know it it can work um it can work but beacon is beacon is your setup model um don't be trying to shoot for big damage on him yeah yeah i can definitely see that yeah. um and then the other cool model that i liked was actually wick so i mean Seven nine with two inch reach and Wick just seems like a, a great scorer. Wick is a sweetheart. Um, I when when one of the first models released was or like one of the first models teased for the Lamplighters Guild was Wick, and everyone who was still in you know in the Discord you know talking uh, on the, with the game like they were just like okay. Wick is Wick is gonna be fun. Like you are gonna have so much fun just being like, all right. Um, I pull burning at the start of my turn for someone from someone. I immediately make a four inch dodge because that's the rule on Wick's card. I walk seven, two inch reach, tackle on one, uh, set myself and my opponent on fire with two, and then I'm gonna shoot a goal. Uh, 410 kick and I, and I ignore crowd outs and I ignore intervening penalties. Yeah, so true. it's like, so it's like, so it's like, yeah. Uh, from the, from the deployment line, Wick is all can almost always be like, all right, I walk forward. Uh, I walk forward, get, get on fire, tackle the ball, get on fire, pull the fire off, maybe dodge somewhere else. And then just be like, all right, I shouldn't go. Yeah. Or sometimes what you even what you even do is you kick with Wick, 
your first activation, you have Nightlight walk forward to be like between Wick and the rest of your squad. Have Nightlight set herself on fire and then take the burning off uh take the burning off Wick to dodge them four inches with Nightlight. And then, you know, on your turn, Wick activates and be like, oh hey, you know, Nightlight is still on fire from setting herself on fire. Pull Nightlight's fire off, dodge another four inches, and now I actually start my advance of nine inches. Yeah, also, seven, seven, seven inches, nine inches. I also like Ring of Fire because mm-hmm. just, you know because a lot of times you'll kick a goal and then your opponent will kick it out and then they'll go score a goal. And pulsing yep. out the burning really helps prevent some of that kickback. It forces them to use momentum or some other nonsense to kind of deal with the minus two movement. Yep. Um, Ring of Fire is almost like um, Shark. Uh, Sharks, mm-hmm. what's, this, what's this thing? It's um, like Caught in the Nets or something. Yeah, where it's like, you know, uh, Caught in the Net, where it's like, it's not as deep of a penalty, but it's like, it's very much sort of like, I'm going to I'm gonna slow you down so you don't, you know, go, you know, get as far away from yeah. me in order, you know, on the, on the, on the crackback. Cause like I, I had, I had one match um, back when I was doing my brewers train where um, shark turn one ran onto my field after the kickoff, picked up the ball off uh, hoop uh, Hooper or tapper dodged a little bit closer to the goal down my deployment line, mm-hmm. did the legendary play, uh, made an attack, dodged away, shot the goal. And it's like, Oh hey, I'm Brewers. I didn't have. I don't have momentum on turn one. I actively now cannot pick up the ball, and I cannot move more than one inch to engage Shark. I tell you what, Brewers hate that kind of crap. Where they're already kind of slow, so anything that mm-hmm. further reduces their movement just makes Brewers just miserable. Mm-hmm. So, looking at the the lamp lighters, who are the two models that can play up into Alchemist? Um, so it is phosphor and heat play into alchemists. So um, do, do you have any alchemist games? Like, I don't know if you're an alchemist player at all, at all. I, I, I played like maybe four or five games of Midas alchemists. Okay. But it's like, but my, my local at this point, yes, he is my local because, and also he is, he was also, uh, one of my groomsmen at my wedding, uh, Octave down in, um, down in Southern California, runs a YouTube channel, Play It Painted, does mm-hmm. Guild Ball painting live streams, also had a big collection of uh, Guild Ball uh, battle reports. Um, he, 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 he printed off the, the Lamplighters recently and is trying heat in his usual Midas lineups. Um, and I, I haven't heard back from him yet, but I, but I think they're actually playing like uh, a actual tournament today in down in uh, down in Orange County. So nice. I'll I'll wait and hear back hear back from him. But Heat definitely is a model that you can have in in your Midas Alchemist. Uh, Phosphor, I think I saw him like once or twice in a smoke lineup. Yeah, more uh, conditions. <laughs> yeah, and then also I think I think I've played one Soma Numa game where where someone brought phosphor. Okay. Um, but it, it, it it's, def- it's definitely possible and they're both actually pretty great fits. 
So the the two models that can play down for for them are actually Crucible and Mercury. And I actually think Crucible's a pretty cool little pick because I think she does a lot with just conditions that can really help uh, mm-hmm. help the lamplighters a lot. So I, how do you like using Crucible in, uh, in a lamplighter crew? Crucible, uh, Crucible almost always makes uh, makes my roster. Um, nice. Like I think I think maybe like 85, 90% she's going to be in my roster. Um, because as because I keep on trying to play them as a 3-0 guild, and it's like Crucible has, you know, a ball strip. Yep. Like that gets around close control. It get it gets around close control. Yep, that exactly that. Um and like surprisingly crucible, like, you know, tack five, momentous two damage on three, and then burning poison. Yep. Uh on damage. Like that's you know, that's a little bit um that that's a, that's a little bit of your damage output. Like you know, you can you can sort of you know try to finish someone off if they're like on on three health. Yeah, and she also taxes your opponent who's trying to clear these conditions. They have to spend an extra momentum point to do so. Yes, and of course, you know, Crucible can also pull burning and poison from another another model uh, and get stuff for free. So absolutely, absolutely a great model. And, and another solid three eight kick because why not? <laughs> Mm-hmm, exactly. My, my sort of like, you know, appreciation from Crucible definitely comes from Octave playing his Midas list. Yeah. And he's like, Crucible is the, the, the goal threat. Like, while you while you are worrying about Midas, like Crucible has been able to sneak up the field and eat the ball and score a goal. Yeah, and then uh, what are you doing with... Are, are you bringing Mercury a lot? He looks like some more character play kind of damage stuff, which I don't know if you bring that often with, uh, with the crew. I, I tried a little bit. I, um, into ox butchers and into cooks, I definitely did try doing a phosphor mercury, um, phosphor mercury wick heat nightlight soot lineup. Hmm. I've tried that a few times and it's just like, yeah, we're, we're gonna, you know, damage you we're gonna gun you we're gonna we're gonna shoot guns yeah so i mean that's that's generally the crew though i so now if i was gonna play which i don't like i said i don't think i will though because this i tend to not play crews like this uh where there's a lot of mini games necessarily you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. um i like more like i'm gonna do my do my thing and i'm gonna kind of win doing my thing and this has a lot of like little things you kind of got to keep track of. Um, so, I mean, the cutest I get is I got order and I'm still trying to figure out that ball of light and how to not lose that to my opponent. But, yeah. um, but if I was going to play this again, which I probably will, cause I still don't have my union stuff in yet. I probably would go ahead and obviously play nightlight and soot with wick phosphor. I like, I'd probably still try to keep Beacon in there, and then I'd throw Crucible in there. I think is the next one I would probably try as far as a, yeah. a squad. That that's that's kind of been my lineup where it's like Beacon, like I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna do no damage with you. You are explicitly just the hard field control with your mow down yeah. and your knockdown. Like that, that's explicitly he's, what you're. He's doing. there to cause headaches. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but but yeah, the that that line that roster of six like that's definitely that's I think what I was rolling when I was doing my my lamplighter games. 
So would you say most games with this crew, you're trying to get three goals? Is that kind of what you're thinking? Yeah, I'm, yep, getting getting three goals. Um, Wick, Wick by themselves can definitely score two. Um, and then you try to just fish it out with Nightlight, the third goal. Yeah, yeah. I think think that's kind of what I would do as well. Because like I said, I tried to do a 2-2 and it almost worked. But those Falconers and those stupid Harrier markers just started killing too many things. Yeah, if if the game goes long, like like if the game definitely goes to like round five, round six, like you can definitely get hit that two two goal or yeah. hit that two two uh, end game just because phosphor is just like yeah, uh, here's eight damage and conditions. Try to deal with that. <laughs> yeah, I could, and like it's that slow tick of just kind of the the health pool just kind of going down and down. Yeah. And, 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 you know, again, with Phosphor, it's like, oh, you've, you know, because it's an AOE, hey, it's eight damage across two models, three models, like, you know, try to, try to outheal that. Yeah. And looking at how Lamplighters are kind of compared to other guilds, I mean, where do you think they kind of fit in? Are they kind of more towards the middle of the pack? Are they kind of like towards the top? Like how, how strong do you think they are as far as a guild goes? Well, minor guilds are tough. It's definitely been, it's definitely been a, a, I mean, I'm also saying like, okay, Hey, my, my previous year of Alchem of Lamplighter games are, are falling off Longshank. So their, their win rate is probably going to go up a few points because I historically don't have the best record. Um, But they're, they're definitely, I'm not, they're not, they're not a top guild. They're very much sort of like above the middle just about to enter the top. Okay. Yeah. So it seems like like a pretty average crew. You can, and that's kind of what brings me back to guild ball, right? Because if you really get your reps with a crew, you can, you can win just as many games as anybody else. Yes. Especially you you start trying to kick goals, you know, luck of the dice. And are you better at your goal runs than your opponent? Yeah. I mean, like I've definitely had games where, I'm playing this 3-0 guild and someone else is playing like a 2-2 guild and like, oh, like some, uh, what my, I shot on goal and they were able to, you know, bank it back, uh, you know, shoot, score, uh, score me back. And then, oh, hey, they won initiative. Um, and they, you know, went and scored another goal and it's like, okay, um, you can definitely outfight me. I need to like score back immediately um, in order for, for now to like, be like working towards my third goal rather yeah. than being like, I scored, I score at the end of the turn and then, you know, try to make it so that, you know, I get the ball first on next turn. And so it's like, oh yeah, we only played two rounds, uh, but already someone scored three goals. Yeah. That's why I like the guilds that I picked. So I, I ended up getting union and, uh, engineers. So I feel like union and engineers are good, like two, two kind of guilds. And mm-hmm. then I, I also got the minor guilds for both of them, which I like their minor guilds because those are pretty much 3-0 kind of teams, right? With the miners exactly. and the uh, order. When Longshanks had the original uh, purist badges, mm-hmm. I did the Brewers, Masons, Cooks, or uh, and minor purist badges. So I did I did four guilds of like of uh, like thirty games com- yeah. uh, consecutively. Yeah, and I, I'm definitely happy that we can get stuff again. And just for people that want to try out the Lamplighters, they can actually 
print their own models or get somebody to print them for them, correct? Yep. It is because uh, the original uh, sort of deal with the Kickstarter was um, if you're a backer, you're going to, uh, you can back enough to just get the STLs or if you back it, we'll print them out and mail it to you. Um, but then after six months, uh, the STLs are going to be released free to everyone. Um, of course, you know, they also stated there is absolutely nothing stopping us from being like, oh, you as an individual person are giving these STLs to another individual person to print off if they weren't a backer. Like, you know, the, the community project was very much, you know, like, we're not stopping this. But it's just like, if you just want, if you want to follow these rules, like this is what we're setting it out. Um, but you are, you are, you know, you are able to do it however you want. So if you, if you want to be just like, I immediately got my STLs and I'm now printing, uh, and I, and I now immediately gave it out to like five different other people for them to start printing. It's like, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. And I, I think. Even on long shanks, I see they got a link for somebody that prints out the lamp lighters. Um, mm -hmm. So it's definitely good. And all the cards always are online with, with Guild Ball. So you can just print those out yourself or just use the um, the Playbook app that is, uh, it's online now. I don't think it's through the App Store anymore. I, don't, I think that one's outdated. Uh, the, yeah, because I think... Because I think the the thing with the App Store or like the iOS Store was basically um, the developer couldn't or wasn't able to pay the developing the developing license fee no. in order for, for for Google and Apple to take their cut. And he was just like, uh, "Sorry guys, uh, it's expensive, uh, yeah. but I'm putting it online." Yeah, and. It's it's honestly pretty much the same because I just save the link to my home screen. I just pop it open when I want to go somewhere and uh, yep. play a game. Yep, exactly. Um, cards can be printed on long, long shanks. Tokens for the lamplighters can be tokens for the lamplighters or any guild you have can be printed off long shanks. Um, the STL files are hosted on long shanks or the inspiring hat blog. Um, yeah, like if. If you're like, I'm not going to give Steamforge any, any dollar you money. <laughs> you don't have to. <laughs> uh, you don't have to. You you got the you got the kickoff box and you got lamplighters. You know that you you got yeah you got three teams already. So yeah, and I mean, it's one of those things where the next uh, time we have a Guild Ball episode here, I'm going to have Zach from Michigan, and I I keep saying what he kind of it really resonated with me, where it's just like. You know, now that we can actually get models, my love for Guild Ball just overshadows any kind of like hate for Steamforged. Um, mm -hmm. Even though, like, I don't, I don't resent anything. It's like I'm not holding anything against them um, because so far yeah. we'll see what the models look like when they send them off. But so far, they've kind of kept to what they said they were going to do with the print on demand, mm -hmm. which I'm hopefully going to be very pleasantly surprised about. Yeah, I mean. The one one thing that Steamforge needs to do is because because people don't listen to the entire uh, video about or you know read any any of the you know news posts that they were making. It's like they need to like come out and say the uh, again. We'll probably 
find out in like next week or you know this week of like you know what is what is the status of the cards that the community project did you know they need to state that these were legal changes done by legal and official changes done by the team and as if as if the community project was steamforge games themselves yeah. and they also need to say hey the lamplighters are official and recognized by steamforge and yeah. they are you know, for every tournament um so they that that needs to be you know said like you know pretty fast like right now um in order to because and they also just need to say like you know hey we are also going to start working with some producers to be like you now have a license to create tokens um yeah. because you know i remember there were a lot of people who were making tokens oh, yeah. and like uh, extra gubbins for for guild ball yeah, museum um, minis people like that art of war i think made some good ones yep uh art of war muse on minis broken egg games yeah. uh, armada studios quali geeks um and then Frozen Forge, oh man, uh, Frozen, Frozen Forge. Forge, those Frozen Forge were amazing. Yeah, I mean, they the Steam Forge can't prevent him from making steppers and rulers, yeah. but like though those Frozen Forge tokens, like yeah, they, they were, were they were they were real good. <laughs> Almost worth the fifty dollars in shipping I had to pay. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, and I actually talked to the Broken Egg guys at Captain Con because they had a booth there. And mm -hmm. I actually got the condition tokens from them. I got six of each one. So mm -hmm. I was actually like, to, I'm like, hey, and I got some 2D terrain from them. And I, I was kind of trying to like, be like, hey, you guys should check this out and kind of pressure Steamforge to, you know, maybe let you print some more Guild Ball stuff. So we'll, we'll see. Um, Broken, Broken Egg Games, they also have these really cool, like the, uh, they now have them on their shop as uh, class tokens where you know it's like it's sort of like just a you know acrylic slate with like a design and it's like oh it's kind of like got an alchemist bottle on it or yeah. hey it's got a mug of beer and it's like it's a blank acrylic token for you to write your you know guild effect on it those i got maybe like 12 of those and it's like if anyone needs tokens um whenever they're buying stuff off me from my magical cabinet i'm just like yeah sure i'm also going to throw in these tokens yeah that's that's something that i've i've told people too because i have rewritable tokens i don't have 12 i have like five maybe i, uh, I yeah, use that I, for every year. I, mean, I have like 12 sets they come in like they come in packs of 10 i think oh cool. but i have like 12 sets of like the different the different factions they have yeah, they, didn't, they didn't have that at their booth otherwise i would have definitely picked those up mm -hmm. <laughs> Um, so yeah, anything else you want to, want to share just guild ball wise, lamplighter wise, anything else you want to just kind of mention before we run out of here? Um, before we run out, uh, real quick, um, it's not, I mean, it is official in terms of it's actually happening, but like, is it attached to Steamforge? No, but I and four, maybe six other people at this point, um, are going to show up at Adepticon. Uh, it's Adepticon. We're going to have our guild ball stuff. Um, if you're there, pack a guild. We'll have, we'll roll some dice. We'll have some fun. Eh. Um, <laughs> we have like then, a little mini unofficial tournament. Yeah, we can, yeah, we can, we can host it on Longshanks, you know? There you go. Um, and then also, um, if you're in or able to travel to Orange County, uh, down to Anaheim, uh, Comic Quest, 
and the the SoCal Guild Ball group, they're going to do they're doing a, a, a historical uh, Guild Ball tournament called Fulmination, uh, which is which used to be run at a convention called Kingdom Con down in San I, Diego. I remember that. Yep. Uh, so that's I think May 18th. Yes, uh, May 18th, Saturday. Uh, Comic Quest down in Lake Forest, uh, California. Um, it, uh, hot tip: Fly to Santa Ana Airport. It's like a. It's gonna be a, like a 15 minute drive from Santa Ana Airport to the comic store. Also, that air, that airport is like super chill. Like it's a nice tiny. It's, it's like, no LAX. <laughs> it's absolutely no LAX, and you are absolutely nowhere near LAX. Nice. Yeah. So that's that's the biggest things I wanna I wanna talk uh, shout out. Um, but also I also want to say, hey, if you're picking up Guild Ball, like you're you're gonna have some fun. Oh yeah. Like this is this is this is a game. Don't worry that oh hey, people I'm playing with have been playing the game since it was dead before it was dead. Like, don't worry. Like we we understand like a social contract of like, hey, I'm new or hey, I haven't played in four years. Like we're not yeah. we're not gonna be absolutely neat. Like, no, we're well, gonna and that's what be, I was telling the guy I played yesterday. We were, you know, it, I could have at a certain point in the game just held on to the ball, gotten one more takeout, and then probably scored my goal to win. But, you know, just more action, you know, is more fun. So I was just like, I'm going to slam the goal in now. And, you know, he might win the game off that, but that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, I mean, a lot of us do understand the social contract of the game of yeah. like, hey, our skill levels are not really equal like we're gonna but we're gonna play and make sure that you have fun yeah because it's like you know that's just a good gaming group if you have fun you're gonna play more games and if you play more games you're gonna be playing more games let's do it how sweet is it just to see these sick models back on the pitch again it's just to me that's the best part of this just being like yeah these models are just awesome so i just want to remind people though that uh if you are Coming into Guild Ball, we do have a Discord channel that I'll post the link to in the uh, in the chat here. And uh, basically, just it's it's got a lot of Malifaux stuff on it, but it has stuff for a bunch of games. So there's a Guild Ball section, which on certain days now the Guild Ball section tends to be a little more active than the Malifaux sometimes. So yeah, that's a lot of fun. And yeah, then and then you can also post the link to the Community Project Discord, yep. um, which is the main GISP uh, Discord for guild ball now yep we'll do but that yeah. too because they actually have a breakdown of like all the guilds stuff you can get questions you can have and then uh last thing if you want to join to support the podcast because we are putting out guild ball content again uh you can check us out at patreon.com slash rage quit wire and we'll start putting up guild ball content on the youtube channel again so that'll be fun as well but sure. i want to thank you again for coming on man i'm gonna go ahead and uh i guess we're gonna throw some dice and throw some salt and we'll see y'all later Thank you.